Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshay. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 20 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Now, if the sound quality of today's podcast is a little bit different, it's because I'm recording at my workplace, Boost Physical Therapy and Sports Performance out here in Kansas City and not in my usual location, which is at my house a couple uh, minutes away from here. So um, bear with me if it does sound a little bit off. Uh, Today's podcast is going to be covering or starting a discussion at least on the topic of hip pain. Now, hip injuries, including pain with the groin, the lateral hip, or even the backside of the hip, like a piriformis syndrome, are not nearly as prevalent in weightlifting, powerlifting, and CrossFit compared to other types of injuries like shoulder, back, or knees, Um, but they still happen. So we want to be able to still cover them and learn from them so that we can address them when they do occur. Now, uh, recording this podcast actually comes at a very interesting time. I just got done a few minutes ago working with my very last patient in the morning who is a powerlifter who is currently dealing with some hip pain. So he squats in the mid-600s and was having this deep pinching pain in the front side of his hip that started a few weeks ago that has completely dismantled his training, especially for the squat. So as we go through today's podcast, I may interject a few little tidbits, I guess you would say, of his case in how it relates to what we're going to talk about to give you guys some practical application and relate it to something. So let's talk about the hip. Finding the source in the proper course of treatment for your hip can be a daunting task when you don't really understand the hip joint and the complexity of it. However, you're in luck because today I'm gonna do my best to explain a number of the different types of injuries that can occur at this area so that we can learn eventually how to kickstart the healing process. So for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on a number of these different types of hip pain that are common to barbell athletes, including a hip impingement, hip flexor strains, piriformis syndrome, groin pain, which includes like adductor strains, and we'll also talk about lateral hip pain or greater trochanteric bursitis is the very scientific name, which you don't really need to understand. If you have pain in the lateral hip, that's probably what it is. So while there are definitely other causes of hip pain, I find that in my experience being a weightlifter for such a long time and also in my experience being a rehab professional dealing with these issues that these are it seems to be the most common forms of hip injuries for those that participate in barbell training now what i want to do today is take you through um, each one of these different types of injuries and help you self-diagnose if we can, what type of groin pain specifically you may be having. So today's gonna be mostly about groin pain and understanding how to differentiate the different types of groin pain because just because you have pain on the front side of your hip or in your groin doesn't necessarily mean it's because of the exact same injury and each different type of injury is going to have a slightly different type of treatment plan to then kickstart the rehab healing process to get you back to training at 100% if that's something you're dealing with. Now, groin injuries commonly incur most of the time in sports that have kicking, quick changes of direction when you're running, twisting and turning. And while 
the amount of athletes sustaining this injury is much higher, therefore, in sports like soccer and hockey. They definitely still occur in weightlifting, powerlifting, and CrossFit because those uh, muscles that surround that area are still very activated in the positions that we place the body in. Injuries to the groin can therefore be pretty difficult to diagnose and treat because there's a lot that can go on there. For example, the anatomy in the groin region is extremely complex, and to make things worse, multiple injuries can actually occur at the same time and present with pretty similar symptoms. So it can be pretty difficult. But to simplify things, we're going to go over and focus on three possibilities of groin pain today, and that's going to be an adductor strain a hip flexor strain, and a hip impingement. Now, there's obviously other possibilities of groin pain, like a sports hernia, but these three represent usually the large majority of the problems that I see in athletes. Each type of groin pain will present a little bit differently than the other. Now, if you can figure out what type you have, it will then give you a better understanding for what to do next. So by empowering yourself with the knowledge of what type of injury you have, it's just like empowering yourself with figuring out and understanding, oh, I have a technique problem, now I know how to fix it. The first part comes with identifying what is going on, then we can take the next step. So let's first talk about the first one, which is an adductor strain. Now the strain to an adductor, which is basically your inner thigh groin muscles, is thought to be one of the most common forms of groin-related pain. Now, while it's hard to say exactly how often this injury occurs, for most athletes, uh, you know, they're they're going to push through a little bit of groin pain. So it's hard to actually say, you know, this percent of athletes are going to have this type of pain because a lot of these types of inner injuries to the inner thigh they go undiagnosed. But most reports, if you look at the research, it's going to say anywhere between eight and forty-three percent of all muscular strains to the lower body are gonna be at the groin. Now, obviously, eight to 43, it's a freaking huge window of percentage, so it's hard to localize, but what we can say is that a lot of adductor strains are the cause for inner groin pain. Now, this injury to this muscle is often seen, like I said before, in athletes that participate in ice hockey and soccer where there's a lot of force that's being placed to drive laterally uh, and use that muscle, it's going to be lengthened under force, which is an eccentric load. So there's gonna be a lot of force through that muscle. Now, anatomically, there are six muscles that are considered adductors, technically. There's the adductor longus, the adductor magnus, and brevis. There's also the gracilis, the obturator externus and pectineus. Now, you do not need to remember all of these unless you're going through school and taking anatomy class. Uh, the research has shown that the adductor longest, which is one of the largest muscles of your inner thigh, is the most commonly injured of this group. Now, you should probably remember that one. So adductor longus. Now, a strained adductor longus will often cause tenderness on the upper and inner thigh, close to where the muscle obviously connects to the pubic bone, which is the bone at the very inner part of your pelvis, a couple inches below your belly button. It is also common to have pain with a resisted adduction test. Now let's figure out what that is and get away from the sciencey wording of it. Basically what you're gonna do, you're gonna lay on your side. Straighten your bottom leg and lift it off the, the floor a couple inches. Now you're gonna to try to hold that leg there. So your bottom leg that's most close to the ground, you're gonna to try to lift it up and you're gonna hold it there and a friend's gonna to try to push it down. So with their hand applying force through your ankle, trying to force your leg back down, you're trying to resist it. If that reproduces pain in your inner groin, 
that is significant of an adductor strain. So let's move now to the next possible cause of injury to that groin region, which is a hip flexor strain. Now, to find the exact cause of why an athlete has pain in the very front side of their hip can be a little bit more of a challenge compared to the adductor, which is, again is on the inner groin. So you can have pain often due to the iliopsoas muscle, which is their hip flexor. Um, you can have a labrum tear. You can have hip joint arthritis. All three of these things can create pain on the front side of your hip. But if we're talking about the iliopsoas muscle, which is your main hip flexor, it can be strained. It can be compressed or, or compressing the underlying bursa sac, which is basically like a fluid-filled airbag that cushions your muscles as they move over and top bones. Um, and it can also snap back and forth over a bony prominence of your hip, which is called snapping hip center. So if you have ever done a squats or deadlift or something like that, and you feel a snapping sensation that also hurts on the front side of your hip, it's likely your hip flexor snapping back and forth over part of your pelvis. So that is a hip flexor type injury. Now for simplicity's sake, we're gonna focus on all three of those possibilities within this category of possible hip flexor injuries and just label it iliopsoas syndrome. So you can call it a hip flexor syndrome. Now this is often due, all three of those injuries, so a strain, a compression of the bursa, and a snapping back and forth, all three of those are often due to overuse, which is opposed to different than the specific one-time injury that's often seen with an adductor strain. So most people that have groin pain due to that previous one, the adductor strain, a lot of times that pain comes all at once. Someone's hitting a sumo deadlift or a squat or they're running and they turn, they're going to feel like a snap or a pop or a really... Uh, you know, sharp pain on their inner groin all at once. The hip flexor injury usually comes over time. It's an overuse thing. So that's sort of another way to differentiate the different types of injuries. Is it a hip flexor injury? Is it a groin injury? There's two ways to think about it. For this reason, this particular type of injury, the hip flexor strain, can be more prevalent in those who participate in weightlifting, powerlifting, and CrossFit because it happens over time. Now let's actually talk about the injury of the iliosos. What is the iliosos? It's actually composed of two different muscles. There's the iliacus and there's the psoas muscle. It's actually the only muscle that connects the spine to the lower body. Now when it's activated during different movements you perform throughout the day and when in training, uh, it's going to change roles. So the main role of the iliopsoas is to stabilize the core and pelvis to maintain posture. And it can also help you lift your leg or uh, pull your thigh towards your torso. Uh, so it's a hip flexor. But I think the main cause or main use of it most of the time during the different weightlifting things that we're doing is going to be to help stabilize the core and pelvis and help maintain posture. Now, Iliopsoas injuries often occur and have pain with a couple different things. So you're going to have pain with resisted hip flexion. We're going to go over all these two in a minute. You're going to have pain and stiffness when stretching the hip flexor. And then you'll also have pain when you're pushing deep into it. Uh, basically, if you take your index fingers 
and you push one to two inches on the inside of your ASIS. Now, what is that? If you go and find your pelvis and you have this big bony nub right at the top of the pelvis, right at the top of your legs, so find that nub, go one to two inches on the inside, that's usually where your iliopsoas is gonna run. That's usually where it's a little bit painful. So let's go over that first diagnostic test for a hip flexor injury. You're gonna have pain often with resisted hip flexion. How do you do that? What you're gonna do is you're gonna sit down in a chair, you're gonna raise your knee of your affected leg, the leg that you're having a little bit of pain in, raise it up just a little bit. So pick your leg up off the chair and attempt to hold it there as a friend tries to push your leg back to the chair. This is basically testing the strength of that hip flexor. If that is painful, that's positive for an iliopsoas injury or one thing. Now the next thing I said, there's testing the strength. We also usually, if you have an iliopsoas injury, will have pain while you're stretching that muscle. So what you can do is called the modified Thomas test. Um, basically, it's used often to determine the flexibility of that muscle. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna stand next to a bed or a bench. Your hips should be in contact with the edge. You're gonna grab one of your knees, pull it towards your chest, and go back on the bench. So your other legs can be flat. Now, as you lie on the bench or your bed with the back, with your back flat and holding onto one leg, you should allow your other leg, your free leg, to drop completely to the ground. Try to relax it as much as possible. Now, if performing this test reproduces pain in the groin region, the front side of your hip, of your extended leg, the leg that's trying to go flat down to the bed, Again, it's significant for having pain in your hip flexor because you're applying a stretch to that area, okay? So obviously there's the two different ways that you can test for hip flexor, and they're not 100%, but it gives you a good idea. If you have pain with resisted hip flexion and you have pain when you put a stretch on that hip flexor, it's probably the cause of that injury, and that's going to, like I said, dictate a different treatment plan than a different type of hip injury. Now the last type of injury that we're going to go over today is a hip impingement. So we're actually talking about an injury to the joint itself. Now when we're talking about injuries to the joint, there's a couple different things that can happen. Obviously there's labrum tears, we can have arthritis, or we can have this third one which we're going to talk about which is, like I said, the hip impingement. Now technically what this is called, for all my science nerds out there, this is called femoral acetabular impingement. It's actually one of the most common causes of hip joint related groin pain. Now, what happens is that if the femur comes in contact with the front side of the hip socket, which is called your acetabulum, as you descend into a squat, it will cause a pinch-like pain. Now, if it happens enough, new bone can actually form around the area as a compensation. So you can have a bony overgrowth on the end of your femur, or you can have bony overgrowth on the end of the acetabulum. So this is what I want you to think about. Um, basically, your femur is a ball and socket joint. So the end of your femur, your thigh bone, is like a ball, and it rotates and moves within the socket of your pelvis. Now, <clears throat> ideally with most people, as they are squatting down, as they are bending over to pick up a barbell, whether it's a deadlift to clean a snatch, as you run, as you step, as you do a box jump, your femur, the ball, 
remains roughly in the center of the hip socket. So as you bring, let's say you're descending into a squat, your thigh is obviously coming towards your chest. But what's happening is that inside the actual hip socket is your femur, the ball is rotating in the socket itself. Well, what happens is that hip impingement means that usually uh, the ball is coming out of the center of the socket. It's translating further forward into the front side of the hip socket, and that's impinging. That's a pinch sensation that's created. Now, this can be coming from a couple different things. The first thing is it could be coming because the ball is actually moving towards the front side of the hip socket. So we have an unstable joint because of either a stiff hip capsule, which is like a glove that covers the hip joint like a thick glove and it creates an airtight case over the joint to provide stability. So you could have stiffness in certain parts of that capsule which creates uh, excessive movement so the ball is not staying centered in the socket. Um, or you could have just uh, an anatomical reason, meaning let's say you have a very, very deep hip socket and then the ball uh, for most people is going to hit the front side of that socket earlier than let's say someone has a really shallow hip socket that's more like a plate. So if you have a bowl hip socket and then a plate hip socket, you're gonna have a different amount of, I guess you would say congruency a little bit more freedom of movement for someone who has a plate hip socket that's very shallow versus someone who has a very deep hip socket. So again, I think this is something that we covered in the anatomy of the squat um, podcast a while back in why some people will actually have impingement earlier than other people because of the way that their bones are shaped. So there's a couple different things that can go into why a hip impingement occurs. It's not the same in everyone. Some people it's anatomical. Some people it's because of the way that their uh, body is working as far as an imbalance in mobility or an imbalance in dynamic control. So here's another option. Let's talk about dynamic control and why the ball may move out of the center of the hip socket. Your glute medius, the side muscle on your hip, on the lateral side of your hip, the posterior part of the, that glute, there's three different sections to it. The back part of the hip specifically of the glute medius, its job is to keep the hip centered, the hip joint centered as it moves. So if you have an imbalance in the way that your glute medius is firing, it's a coordination, it's a strength issue, you're going to have a little bit more uh, asymmetry in the way that the, the hip socket's moving. You're not going to be able to keep the ball in the center of the socket and you're going to lead to a little bit more of an early impingement. So we need to be able to consider all three of these factors when we're diagnosing why is someone having a hip impingement? Because there's going to be some people that we can do a lot of mobility work and coordination and strength work to fix their impingement. There's going to be other people where in order to get over an impingement, we're going to have to change their squat stance because no amount of mobility work or stability work is going to change how early they get that pinch sensation in the front of their hip. This is why for some people it's normal to have a more toe-out angle during their squat stance and deadlift or a wider or more narrow stance because we have to work around what their anatomy has dictated is normal for their body. And for some coaches to say that we need to smash everyone into this and conform everyone into this ideal squat stance is a short-sighted way then of understanding how anatomy can dictate a variation in the way that we should move. Everyone's a little bit different, so finding that is key to finding resolution of a hip impingement. Now, obviously, that's a little bit off topic and a little bit off tangent. So 
why is having a hip impingement so bad? So obviously you feel that pinch sensation on the front side of your hip. So what's actually happening is yes, that ball is making contact with the front side of the acetabulum or your socket and it's pinching, it's getting up that pain. But what happens is that if that happens enough, what happens is that you can tear the labrum that surrounds the hip joint and that a lot of times requires surgery. Now, what is the labrum? It's basically an extension of your hip joint that helps create uh, almost like a suction. It's basically helping create stability to the hip joint, almost like a lid on top of a jar. Or if you think about it like this, if you have a car that's parked on the side of a hill and you don't have very good brakes, what you're going to do is you're going to put a little wedge underneath your tire and that's going to keep the you know, the uh, car from rolling down the hill. That's sort of what a labrum does is it just adds a little bit more stability passively. You're not doing anything. You can't strengthen your labrum, but it allows you to just have a little bit more stability to the joint. So if you have a impingement over time and you keep on ignoring it, you jam into that hip impingement and you jam into it over time, eventually it can cause a big injury like a labrum tear and that requires surgery. So we definitely want to be smart about if you're feeling that. Now, what are a couple different things that can help you understand if you have a hip impingement? It's not just that pinching pain in the front of the hip. There's a couple other things that can differentiate this from a different type of groin pain. Some people will have what's called a C sign. Basically, make a C with your thumb and your finger, and you're going to put that on the side of your hip. Um, if your pain follows that pattern and appears uh, when you're internally rotating your hip or squatting or sitting for a long time, there's a chance that you have a hip impingement. Uh, the second thing is called a log roll test. Basically, um, you're going to grab a friend, you're going to lay on your back with your legs straight, have a friend turn your entire leg inwards, keep it straight, just rotate it inwards uh, by turning the foot and ankle and knee all together. So internally rotate the leg. Uh, and the goal with this test is to see if that recreates any hip pain. And uh, the last test you can do is called the FADIR test. F-A-D-I-R is uh, the big letters for that. Uh, basically, it stands for flexion, adduction, and internal rotation. So start by laying on your back, and you're going to have to have a friend again for this one help you with it. You're going to have that friend push your thigh towards your chest as if you were going into a deep squat. Take your knee, drive it towards your chest. While at the same time, don't just push it straight to your shoulder, you're also going to push that knee in towards your opposite shoulder while you put your full foot, pull your foot away from the midline of your body. So drive your knee towards your chest, or your friend is doing this, then they're going to take your knee and go towards your opposite shoulder while they bring your foot out away from your body. So basically, that test is positive if it reproduces pain in the hip. Now, if you only have one positive test, so you have a little bit of pinching pain, uh, but you don't have pain with the Fedir test, you don't have pain with the log roll test, you don't have C sign shape pain, you know, you may have a hip impingement, you may not. However, if you tested positive on all of those tests, so you have a C sign, you have a positive log roll, you have a positive Fedir, uh, and you're having a pinching pain in the bottom of a bottom of a squat, you know, we can make a pretty good educated guess that you're probably dealing with a hip impingement or like we called it scientifically, FAI, femoral acetabular impingement. So depending on the severity of the symptoms and the reason behind it, corrective exercise can definitely be very helpful at decreasing the pain. 
And like I said before, if you allow this pain to linger while you continue to push through it in your training, it can definitely lead eventually to a big hip injury like a torn labrum, which requires, like I said, surgery. Now, final thoughts time. Evaluating and treating groin pain can obviously very be very difficult as there's multiple injuries that can occur at the same time and cause similar symptoms. So you can have an adductor strain and a hip flexor strain. That power lifter I talked about earlier, he has a hip impingement, but he's also dealing with a hip flexor strain at the same time. So our treatment is sort of a combination of the two, because if we only treated one of those injuries, we may not be able to you know, fully grasp what's potentially there as far as his ability to get better because we're not treating everything together. Now, if you're having any catching any locking, any clicking of your hip, or any pain that's radiating and shooting down your thigh, uh, or have a sensation that your hip's like giving out, I would not try to just treat it on your own. This is something you definitely want to seek out medical professional um, advice for. You know, one of the big things I try to do with a lot of Squat University education is to help empower you to understand your body so that you can fix these normal aches and pains that are so common in weightlifting, powerlifting, and CrossFit. Almost every one of them are things that I have dealt with myself as a weightlifter in the past 13 years, and I have seen many, many times and treated as a physical therapist here at Boost Physical Therapy and Sports Performance out here in Kansas City. And I want to tell you and teach you a hundred percent for free how to deal with all these injuries when it's something that I think you can deal with and work through on your own. You don't have to shell out a hundred dollars on a copay and doctor's bill to go to a medical doctor who's going to tell you to just stop working out and rest it and it's going to fix it. You have to get ahead a lot of these aches and pains are also going to turn into big injuries. But again, it's also important in the same sense to understand when are we out of our league and need to understand when to go seek a professional like a sports physical therapist or an orthopedic doctor that knows sports injuries because there are those injuries out there. There are those bigger injuries that we need to understand that it's a little bit above our pay level to to start fixing on our own. And in the end, when you do seek out that professional help, it's going to be better for you in the long run because you're going to fix those injuries quicker and get back to doing the sports you love, like lifting some big weights. So now that you have a little bit more of a baseline understanding for how to screen your groin pain, eventually we'll be able to start covering some of these injuries that we talked about today a little bit more in depth in future podcasts to help you understand then how you can kickstart the healing process if this is something if this is something that you've been dealing with for a while. Now, that is it for today's podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's content. We're able to take something away from it to help you understand your body just a little bit more than you did a couple minutes ago. Remember, education is the key to unlocking your potential to perform at your best. That's where Squat University comes in. My goal is to combine not only the medical background, but the strength and conditioning background so that we can be able to unlock what is potentially there for us as an athlete and do so for a long, long time. Now, before we leave, um, it would mean the world to me. If you are enjoying all this content that I'm putting out here on the podcast, it would mean the world to me to have you go and leave a review on whatever podcast site you're listening to the show on. If it's on iTunes, if it's on Spotify, if you could leave whatever stars you think this podcast is worth and tell people, uh, leave a review, write and let them know how much you're enjoying it. If you are, uh, that would mean the world to me. 
Uh, So that is it for today's podcast. Until next week, guys. Happy squatting. That's it for today, class, on Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.